If you're a fan of what we do here at Four Finger Discount, we'd love for you to show your support by signing up to be a Four Finger Discount patron. Here you'll get access into a bunch of exclusive podcasts including Tales of Futurama, The Movie Guys, our upcoming Seinfeld podcast, as well as a bunch of side projects that we like to do, including my recent review of every episode of the latest season of Stranger Things. But you won't just get a bunch of podcasts, you'll also get access into our monthly prize draw, your name read out on the show, as well as access into our Four Finger Discount exclusive Facebook group. So like I said, if you love the show, the best way to show your support is by signing up to be a Four Finger Discount patron. Just head to patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. Game? What's a game? Oh, a game. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review Mountain of Madness. No, King of the Hill. I am Dando. I am Mitch, and I've like I, we might have spoken about it when we did the episode Mountain of Madness, or maybe we just weren't brave enough to admit our mistake. But yeah, I'd always I'd always confuse those two in my head. A lot of people do. Even Nicola. So Nicola's not an avid Simpsons fan, but she's she knows Mountain of Madness is one of her favorite episodes. Uh, no, sorry, King of the Hill is one of her favorite yep. episodes, but she always calls it Mountain of Madness. Yep. Yeah, but like, I, and it's, a, it's an easy mistake to make. But what this sort of does is it sort of highlights how, I wouldn't say The Simpsons is running out of ideas at this point, but they're rehashing things. But what this episode does well is it rehashes a lot of old storylines, but does it in a fresh new way that I actually really enjoyed. What sort of old storylines do you think? Because like, the idea of Homer losing weight... That's one. When has he lost weight before? When, he, when uh, Marge is the painter. Oh, yeah, of course. Sorry, the 239 and feeling fine. Yeah, okay. But being embarrassed of his dad... Yeah. Uh, that, the Saturdays of Thunder, I'm pretty sure that's the one. That oh, It is, but it's also just a pretty recurring theme. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but I, I just, but I, I really, really enjoyed this episode. It's Me too. It's definitely one of my favourites of season nine. Uh, I think it was one of the ones that I was most looking forward to watching. It was one that I could never remember, you know, what season it was even from. If it was, I, I knew it was late-ish, but there were parts of me that thought this could have been seven or eight if you'd asked me a couple of years ago. And then... Definitely. There's um, parts of me that thought it could have been 10 or 11 as well. Like, it's just kind of, it, it blends in, I think, some of the characteristics of seasons either side of it. I think Homer's great in this. I, I really think he is as well. I think one of the things that I wrote uh, about this is that uh, great satire in mm. general, like in any, in any format, great satire feels like it's something that... Um, could exist in real life or could happen in real life. And all of the stuff about Power Source is absolutely that. The, you know, not that someone's going to climb a mountain and then break the mountain. That's obviously fantasy. But the That's idea... Cartoon, yeah. Yeah. But if you, I mean, you go to the gym and you walk in to see any sort of health bar or protein bar or something like that, the marketing is very, very close to what Power Source's marketing is. And it wouldn't surprise me if someone who was trying to promote their brand of protein over someone else's did run some sort of promotion like this. What protein uh, bars have you been hooked into buying? Which celebrity? <laughs> Which celebrity? Um, most of the celebrities that I see behind them are female. So, you know, being yeah. a man, you're like, oh, well, that can't be me. That's girly protein. Uh, so, <laughs> so I, I tend to go more for the cartoon muscle man that you see. <laughs> They'd be like, look at this guy. He just... He, he takes flab and he kicks it to the ground. Speaking of power source, by the way, how great was Brendan Fraser? And is it Stephen Weber or Weber? The guy from Wings. He's the, he's the other guy mm. from Power Source. Um, they were, I they think were, it's I, Weber. Weber. They were fantastic. That was so funny. Brendan Fraser, Power Source is amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, um, I, I love the fact that the Power Source have got their own little news. Yeah like segment as well with their own like their own TV show um, the, the advertising th space during the news <laughs> yeah uh, another thing that I really enjoyed about this episode is the way that the story really captures the imagination of everybody in Springfield um, that reminded me of a, a really good documentary that I think is available on Netflix in Australia but uh, the dawn wall which is about two mountain climbers or rock climbers who um, uh, try to climb a previously unascended um, portion of 
uh, El Capitan in Yosemite. So it's like mm. this great yeah. granite wall. Uh, and it, it takes them weeks. I think they were up there for like seven weeks or something like that. And it's at about the halfway point that like originally it's just like a couple of spotters and people that go out to the national parks see these guys. But then once it becomes on the news, then everyone just starts getting behind and, and hooked on this journey and doing very much what they do in Springfield, like standing at the base of the mountain using binoculars to look up and watch these guys. So that whole thing felt uh, also kind of really realistic and wholesome. Like sometimes when Springfield goes, everyone in the town is here, it feels a little bit like, come on, are they like, how many times is everyone in Springfield going to be hooked on the same thing at the same time? But this just felt real that there was this little group and they've all come out to watch what would be an amazing thing if it happened. Like if, yeah. if someone if someone told me that Dando, um, heir to the quarry fortune of Geelong, is going to <laughs> climb Ayers Rock on his hands, um, then, you know, I'm going to chill out at the base of it. Uh, oh, sorry, maybe not Ayers Rock. I didn't mean to say that, actually. Um, uh, what's the one near us? No, the Yu Yanks. <laughs> sorry. Oh, the Yu Yanks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, like, yeah, the one that you're absolutely allowed to climb and won't offend anybody. I... um. Obviously, my brain just wandered for a second. But yeah, if you were going to climb the Yu Yangs while doing like a handstand, I'd, I'd be there watching. And I think a smattering of friends and family would be there as well. I think people like a good underdog story. It's one of those things, though. If someone says that, they're like, ah, fuck, he's not going to be able to do that. Mm. And then someone starts being able to, like, they start doing it. And you go, wait a minute. He's going to get serious. there. He's yep. going to do it. Come on, yep. man. You can do this. It's like when you're watching a sporting game and you think, oh, one team's going to absolutely belt the other. And then yep. the other team is like a goal ahead with like five minutes to go. You don't give a shit about that team, but you really want them to win. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, in a weird way in this AFL season, that's almost turned around for Hawthorne. Like for years, there was this real thing of people just being over Hawthorne making finals and no one really wants them to. But this year, and I think because of the fact that Jared Ruffhead you know, like everyone really got on the Hawthorne train because Roughhead was retiring and everyone loves him. Now, all these articles are like, there's a chance. There's a chance they could make it. <laughs> the fairy tale finish. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, if they just, if they can just go and beat the premiership favourites and then have the most <laughs> informed team in the competition somehow screw up against the least informed team in the competition, <laughs> they can get there for Ruffy. <laughs> And then Ruffhead's not even playing. And th- well, that's the thing. They will get there. Ruffhead will retire and everyone will be like, oh, fucking Hawthorne in the finals again. <laughs> uh, now, th- by the way, before we get into today's podcast, I need to ask, because there was this rumor going around about you at work today. And I was hey. like, I'm going to have to ask Mitch when I get when I get Oh, you mean podcast. at your work? I thought you meant yeah, at, at my work. At, I was at, like, at my work. I was like, like, who's spreading rumors about me? Everyone was walking up to me asking this question about it. And I thought, well, I'm going to have to ask him on the podcast. Hmm. Is it true that you shit your pants at work today? Uh, absolutely false <laughs> there is no way in a million years that i would allow that to happen um there was a moment where uh what's the military term danger close <laughs> where <laughs> it was, um, i was on a phone call and uh needed to wrap it up very very quickly um let's uh how would i describe right now i feel like prairie doggin no. Oh, well, yeah, I was at the time. Right now, uh, the state that I'm in, so I've had to go home early from work. I feel like uh, I've taken a Jofra Archer delivery to the bowel. That's basically... <laughs> and somehow concussed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jofra Archer has the ability to concuss from any part of the body. Uh, man, speaking of sore tummies, well, of tummies in general, I mm. thought the animation in this was great. In the way that they use Homer's stomach as a prop in the first act. Uh, yes. I'll so, when, uh, the, when, he, um, when he crushes the beer can. When he when crushes the beer can, yeah. He's got to move his belly down to see the clock. Yep. Things like that. I just thought it was great. Yeah. It, actually, one on the subject of animation. So, one of the things that I really adored as well was that when Homer got fit in this two-month period, they still kept him round. Like, that aspect mm. of it. He didn't suddenly become this chiseled man with a V. He was just... A little bit less fat, but he was still a fat guy who'd been going to the gym for two months. Like that was, he was just beefed up, yeah. Yeah, he'd been working hard on his arms um, because, you know, who doesn't? <laughs> um, he hadn't been dedicating a whole lot of time to cardio, but he, like, he, yeah, he just looked... I, I think that they struck a perfect balance in the way he looked this episode. Which, if you ask me, I think the old uh, dad bod is sexier than the completely chiseled 
like you are these days. I think like a little oh. bit round around the, a little bit no. round around the belly. Good. Ar- yeah. I think I think our arms are the key. I think that's why we always wet the arms, right? Yeah. Well, it's because arms are the most visible, and you can always yeah. suck the belly in for yeah, yeah, that's true. periods of time. <laughs> um, you want to talk about me being chiselled? I I have the body is just an evil son of a bitch. So I um I was talking I was talking about your jawline. No, oh, don't get too ahead of yourself. <laughs> like, I have been working hard, right? And going to the gym and that sort of stuff of late. We went to Europe. I mentioned not put on weight. All of these things. And, like, I was feeling good about myself. I was starting to get, I won't say ab definition, but, like, this tiny bit of ab outline. And then I had a buck stay. So, after, oh, month, no. after months of being good, I had one Saturday where I ate maybe, I don't know, 15 chicken wings for lunch, um, drank probably nine pots and then had a halal snack pack for dinner. So, I mean, it was a good bad. day. That's a good day. It was a good day. It was bad food. It wasn't, it also wasn't like I'd, you know, chowed down on cake and it was high sugar and that sort of stuff. It was just food slightly higher in fat and carbs. Um, and a lot of it. I put on 1.8 kilos. I've lived on chicken and broccoli since, and I have not been able to shed any of it. I'm like, how does this happen? <laughs> I was like, one fucking day, and every fat cell in my body sent out a message going, party's on. Like, just... <laughs> <laughs> Metabolism is just taking a smoke-o break. Yeah. Oh, it's just horseshit. <laughs> you just stop weighing yourself. That's what I do. Yeah, no, but it was a visible change as well. It wasn't just weight. Oh. Like, my belly just came back. Did, to, but the thing is, when you took your shirt off, could you tell that Ash could notice? Uh, no, Ash is very polite. She would never say anything like that. But could, could, you, could you tell, though, from her eyes? This is the slight bit of disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> the air of, like, the air changed in the room. Did she Did she look away straight away? Um, she. I, I turned around and she was wearing a welder's mask. <laughs> Just complete, complete blackout. <laughs> All right, back to King of the Hill. Um, before that, actually, we've got to throw a shout out. To our $20 patrons, uh, Miss Laura, The Simpson, Ross, Fraser, and Jordan Ritchie. Thank you so much for being $20 mm. plus patrons. Uh, also, our new $5 patrons this week, Andrew Swan, Chris Moore, Chandler Ford, and John Murphy. Thank you so much. Now, there's someone else who messaged last week saying that we forgot to read their name out, but I can't find where they messaged me. So, I know I promised I was going <laughs> to read your name out, but I could not find your message. So, send us a message on Patreon and you'll get your shout out in next week's episode. Whoever you were, I am so sorry for forgetting. But, Mitch, what was your favorite moment from the episode? So, I had a few favorite moments that I put down. One shout out to the off-screen Revlin Lovejoy. Just play the ga- damn game, Ned. That was really good. Yeah. <laughs> Even the fact that he cursed. Like, it, just the <laughs> exasperation of it. Um was very, I like, very I, I, sweet. It reminded me of old school Simpsons because you don't sort of see that uh, banter between Flanders and Reverend anymore. No. Oh, actually, so on that. So, one, if I could have one other thing about this episode that just exists as an overall very good. I also think that this reminded me of... It, it had elements of the old school Simpsons in that for all of the ridiculousness on the surface level of the story, there was a genuine emotional connection to it. So, I yep. liked that Homer genuinely felt ashamed of his weight um and, and be, i like that the that shame was tied it's not like he just woke up and went oh suddenly i'm i'm fat and that's no good he failed his son at something that he wanted to really win so that was like a, a good reason for him to want to lose weight the music cues when he wakes up in the middle of the night and like it's this isn't just a frivolous thing like this matters it's uh, that aspect of it i really loved about this episode yeah, I've got gave Homer a genuine motive. Where like yeah. last week, for example, Trash of the Titans, that version of Homer would have been angry and pissed off that people were throwing eggs at him. Here, yeah. like you said, he was ashamed and wanted yeah. to fix himself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Um Second thing that I had down for a favorite moment, uh and I mean I kind of had to because it's one of uh Conan was it Conan? Yeah, it was one of Conan's favorite jokes from later seasons. Uh he spoke about this on his podcast. A game? What's a game? That's and my then, favorite. It's, I love it. I, I use that quite all the time. <laughs> yeah, I use it all the time as well. I think that was one of the main things that I remembered from the episode. I think it's something even non-Simpsons fans like as well. Yeah. Oh, a game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know what they do great? It's, it's jokes like that, but also the uh, the reveals. There's a lot of reveal jokes in this. Like the, the yes. mountains. The just a little bit to the right. Yeah. That um, was just a yeah. great commercial cut, yeah. And the um, like re- revealing Homer not having actually climbed very far at all, or that revealing was... Homer not having ran or Flanders uh, mailbox things like that. 
Oh, yeah, the mailbox. I'd forgotten about that. That was very funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the oxygen <laughs> tank pullback and re- reveal was really good. I also really enjoyed him getting Santa's little helper to drag him back outside to go get fit. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, why not? You, you're, you're about to have to go do a lot of really hard work. You may as well take advantage of that last little bit of, um, of ease that you can. It's like driving all the way up to the entrance of the gym and parking as close as you possibly can. You're like, you know what? I'm about to go kick my ass here, so I'll give myself this little luxury. That's one thing Nicola always complains about. When I pull into the car park, I never park close enough. <laughs> always. Every time. Uh, anyway, uh, my, my, my favourite was the guy. Yeah, you just can't go past it. It's the most iconic moment from the episode by far. From this day forward, your name shall be... Let's go to new names. What do you got for me? Uh, ooh, hang on. Well, because we we got a shitload of patient ones through this week. Yeah, we did. That's uh, that's actually something that just occurred to me. I need to jump over into that post. Shall we go Patreon ones first, or shall we go? We'll go Patreon ones first because there was there was more than three good ones. We need to read a few of these out. There, there was... were a few. Uh, Neil Park submitted one, but I'm actually going to change this. Peak Simpson. Um, his was Simpson Peak, which I'm guessing is a play on t- Twin Peaks. But I feel like if you go Peak Simpson, because this is very close to Homer's best sort of. The best iterations of Homer that you see. For is the best version of Homer we've had for a while. Yep. Uh Guion Reese Sampson with Sweet Child of Gime. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> well, Blake McLaughlin has said in Hank Hill voice, we climbed two thousand miles for this. The only problem <laughs> is I've seen maybe six seconds of King of the Hill in my life, so I don't know what that voice sh- would or should sound like. My apologies. But, uh, oh come on, dude. Come on, dude. Come on, man. That's from the episode of The Simpsons, Bart Star. Yeah, I know, but I. Oh, okay. I was what just, I mean is, like, it's. I was not- just making sure that you understood that reference because I'm like, the listeners at home are going to tear you to shreds if you don't yeah. remember that moment. No, no, no. <laughs> I remember the moment, but I just meant I can't do the voice because I've not oh, listened yeah, yeah. to it oh, enough. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, oh, this is good. Sam Craddock Camp with Peaky Climbers. <laughs> Those are some absolute rippers coming through this week, seriously. Yeah, Andrew Parker with great power source comes great responsibility. Ashley Gilbert with Dumb and Dumbbell. That's not bad. I like that it sort of play on the uh, mountain. Yeah. Uh, We go back to the mountain with Matt Thompson for Climb Doesn't Pay. Anna Kaczynski, Kaczynski, the home of of they climb, the longer they fall. That's Uh, even really creative. And now we have two musical suggestions. Uh, as much as you could have argued Sweet Child of Gaim could have been sung, but uh, my throat's not ready for that. Um, Probably shit yourself again. From David. I never shit myself. And you're the only <laughs> person I told that I had an upset tell me, by the way. So, if rumours were going around, <laughs> I don't have to look too too far to know where they came from. Um, uh, okay. So, David Hamish, Hamish Ab- Abbott-Smith. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Power sauce bars and deviled eggs. You get the next bit, the oh my, or whatever it is. Uh, Gavin David chimed in with the oh my. Yeah, okay, good. Uh, so that was pretty <laughs> it needs, solid. It's, it's like having no full stop at the end of the sentence. You need that part. Yeah. Uh, and and I actually, I don't do this often, but I suggested one for myself to be able to sing this time around. Uh, and that is... <clears throat> You've got the touch. Dun, dun, dun. You've got the power. Source. I don't know what that's a takeoff of. <laughs> I feel so it's dumb. It's the touch. It? No, that's from um, Transformers, the original, like the 1980s oh, animated Transformers. Of course it was. It's one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. Yeah. In fact, I've, never, I've even said on the podcast how I've still got the tape that I stole from the video shop. <laughs> yeah. One shall stand, one shall fall. <laughs> it's amazing. What a film. What a film. What a scene. I'll be honest, I've never actually seen the whole movie. I've just watched that scene on YouTube a bunch yeah, okay. of times. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. But are they the best uh, patron names for this week? Uh, yeah. By cool. far. Alrighty. Well, thank you so much, patrons, for sending in. Uh, we're going to do the patron mailbag. I've decided we're going to do the patron mailbag towards the end. So, with the other mailbag. Oh, okay. Agree? Is that okay with you? Well, but before that. <laughs> I, felt before like that. It was, I felt like it was a good way to, to differentiate the, the paid mailbag and the, right, um, and the free mailbag, which is all 100% right, well, spam. Well, <laughs> all right. All right. Well, we'll do that now. But before then, trivia. Okay. Next question. You there, eating the paste. Alrighty, I'm going to kick things off this week. I've mm-hmm. got, uh, what was the comic that comic book guy was reading on the toilet? Ah, that 
what that actually really stood out to me um, because it was just such a nothing thing. Uh, zebra girl. Yes. Do you say zebra? I say zebra. Potato, potato. Yeah. Uh, which organization was McBain flying for? Uh, I don't know, but I know he was fighting the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was UNICEF, which UNICEF. I loved. Like flying a military plane for UNICEF. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Go, pennies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what was the selling point of the beef jerky? Um, oh. ah, no, nah, I've forgotten that. It's now free of something. Is it um, organs? Rectum free. Rectum free. Well, I mean, do you want jer- do you want real jerky or not? <laughs> um, what was the rival product to the power source bar? The rival product. Oh, it was, I didn't notice. I didn't the, notice this. What they was completely throw Homer under the bus by saying that he's continued, like, um, in very dangerous scenes against doctor's advice. He's switched over to. Oh, that's right. In the news, the yeah. the Vita Peach Health Log. Ah, okay. See, I, I didn't even put two and two together. Yeah. Uh, and finally, for me, I've got what time does Homer arrive at the Quickie Mart? Roughly, it's just before an hour. Um. Well, what time uh, would you go for a run? What time would I go for a run? In the, if you're going in the middle of the night, didn't want people to know. What do you think would be the best uh, time? Like roughly, two thousand and seven. Middle of the night, five to two. You must have known this, right? No, no. I've just sort of. I figured. Well, you There's said no mid- fucking way. You guessed five to two. But no, well, I just <laughs> that knowing. I, I guarantee that I did. It just felt right. Like if if he'd gone, if he'd left at midnight, he's probably not going to. It was either five to one or five to two, like just based on how long it would have taken him to get to the quickie mart. Yeah, fair point. Yeah, well done. It was pretty much five to two. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, my final question is: What dance was Grandpa doing in no time? Uh nah, lost. Of course, people were tougher in those days. The jitterbug. By the way, what what do you think of that story? By the way, the grandpa eating somebody—that was the the little bit of the wackiness. I was kind of like, eh, I don't know if it really needed that. It was mm. funny, but at least it made me laugh, though. Yeah, it made me laugh as well. Um, I think that oh, it's pretty it's pretty good. I mean, it's a kind of trope that when you're in the mountains and someone dies, you you eat them uh, if you're low on food, <laughs> but not necessarily before they're dead. Yeah, I then, know that's the. That's the odd thing. I like the fact that uh, he must have died pretty quickly because it just, like the teeth, like just that perfect indentation of the bite, like it, it never got fixed. He just took a bite out of him and was like, all right, well, that's that then. <laughs> I like too that when you go back, when you once you've seen the end and go back and watch it for a second viewing, the aspect of Grandpa trying to tell Homer not to climb up it takes on a whole new meaning because he doesn't want him to discover McAllister. Look, oh, he doesn't actually give yeah. a shit about Homer's safety. Yeah. It's his dirty little secret. Yeah. He doesn't want Homer to figure, find that out. So, he's just like pretends that he actually cares about Homer's safety. But really, he doesn't want anyone to know that he's a cannibal. Mm. Plot thickens. Would you want anyone to know that you were a cannibal? Probably not. Probably not because you would... Would, would that be the death penalty in the States? Um, if you tried to eat somebody? I mean, if you murder somebody... I don't it's know. It's death penalty. Well, but if you, well, eat, it, if you it, eat a part of somebody without it, killing them, is that the death dep- penalty? It depends on the state. Like, not all states have capital punishment. So Yeah, that's what I mean. The ones that do, though. Yeah. Here's, here's the, the crucial... Georgia, our resident lawyer... Okay, I'll tell, tell you us. what. Here's your hypothetical. You can be a cannibal that murders their victims, but no one knows about it. Or you can be a cannibal that only eats people that are already dead. Everyone knows about it, and they're cool with it. Well, that would be obviously. I take the second option because you take imagine the how option. it's a, an endless supply of food. But they will only you will only ever get to have conversations from that point on about being a cannibal. No one will ever talk to you about anything else. But if everyone's, you'd be like the, the, the local celebrity. It'd be great. Yeah, okay. Okay. Would, would 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 women find you attractive as a result? That's the thing. Mm. Would it be a turn on? It would for some. I think everything's a turn on for some people. Yeah, we're getting into dangerous territory. Let's let's steer back to King of the Hill. <laughs> We're no, talking we're about there. getting turned on by eating people. Talking about cannibalism. <laughs> Sexy cannibalism. <laughs> All right, that is trivia for this week. Now, the patient mailbag, we had like 50 comments on that post you put up. Not many questions, but we had a few people write in 
the question of if you and I were stranded on an island or up in a mountain or whatever, yeah. who would be the first to crack? What would happen? And a few I- people have thrown out that that uh, you would be the first to crack because you would have some Fandango plan and then once that failed, it'd be every man for himself. Well, those people don't know anything about me. Um, (laughs) Like, you've been listening to me for hundreds of hours by now and frankly, I think you should start taking notes at the end of a podcast and then consult them before you go answering hypotheticals. Such silly behaviour. It would be... It'd be you. I'm a very steady individual, whereas you're... I, I feel like you're easy to get flapping in the breeze. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be. Oh, we're done for. We're done, diddly done for. We're done, diddly done, diddly done, done, diddly done for. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I just, you know, I get to the task at hand. Um, do I have a book? No, we have nothing. We have nothing. Is there a chance of rescue? Well, that's the thing. Like you'd. It's the uh, the idea that hopefully someone's looking for us. The thing is, like, because I take so much of my knowledge real life knowledge from films i'd be the one drawing up plans from like flight of the phoenix and alive and that sort of thing and the mountain between us i'd be like it's okay we just got to do this 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 and this and then the plane will come (laughs) just before the credits (laughs) it's like Uh, at some point there's going to be a roaming band of like a native tribe um that's going to be like that's going to be when you have to run and you're going to be tired you're going to think no can't possibly get away from this but trust me you will we're the stars when it's life or death, you're a very fast runner. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, did, did, uh, there's a guy from work who's ripped the door off of his car because his kid was trapped in after an accident. Oh, like I just, love stories take, you, like that. You take on superhuman strength. Yeah. Actually, sorry. No, no. There's a guy at Ford, not at my current work at Ford. Okay. But still, yeah. like, he ripped a door off a car. Yeah. Was it Was it his car though or was it one of yeah. those little... No, it was his I was car. Gonna say, so it was, it, was it wasn't Paco. one of those little plastic Fred Flintstone cars that you buy kids. <laughs> no, no. So it was on Paco, and yeah, his his uh, kid was in the the driver's seat. I'm uh, sorry, driver's seat, the uh, passenger seat, and the um they got sort of like t-boned, and the door was jammed, and he mm. ripped the door off of his car. Yeah, on Paco. Yeah. You know what would have been great about that is if there were three perfectly functioning doors <laughs> that were unlocked. <laughs> but he's just yanked that. Meanwhile, like his wife has just casually climbed in from the other side to pick up a handbag. <laughs> <laughs> Look how strong I am. But it's just crazy how people can just take on this extra strength when they Damn need it, to. Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with the actual door. Just decide to rip it off. Yeah. <laughs> T-bone from the other side. <laughs> He came home that day, kicked the door down, just smashed it off its hinges. Uh, alrighty. Uh, so, that's the Patreon mailbag for this week. The original air date for King of the Hill was May the 3rd, 1998, almost one year away from the uh, the premiere of Phantom Menace, which many cool. Star Wars fans were very disappointed with. Were they at the time? Were they immediately disappointed? Because I remember Phantom, Men- Phantom Menace being a big deal. I remember it being a big deal because... I'd only just sort of recently got into Star Wars because my uncle had sort of shown me Empire Strikes Back and I had the VHS collection and I used to watch it all the time. And I, was, I remember being really excited. So, we would have been, what, 11? Oh, no, it would have been 10 to 11 at that point. Mm-hmm. I remember walking out and going to the toilet. I remember being in the toilet thinking, this movie's really boring. I, re- I remember, remember yeah, okay. thinking that this movie was really boring. Yeah, because it was just, the first half was about politics. Yeah, I was going to say, 11, you- 11-year-old Dando... Uh, well, 30-year-old Dando, much less 11-year-old Dando, is not going to a Star Wars movie to see politics. No, like, you just want... You want laser guns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> laser guns and sexy slave outfits. Where's my hut? Where's my Jabba? <laughs> but, yeah, and the couch gag for King of the Hill was the snow globe one, which I'm pretty sure we've had before. It pans out and the family's in a snow globe. The episode kicks off with the Simpson family watching a McBain movie. This pretty much sets up the whole fitness aspect that McBain's in shape. Because they comment on his... It's the first time they've actually commented on how ripped McBain is, I'm pretty sure. Oh, as yeah. Uh, as in, like, they... As the family watching, they, yeah. The family watching, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think Bart says something like, he's really buffed up now or something like that. That's where yeah. Homer, tries, Homer shows him the, the can trick. Now, it's gross. Actually, but- that moment of Bart being like, geez, he's really jacked, that also um, feels true enough because Stallone would do that. Um, Schwarzenegger was, like, always ripped, but... Remember in Rocky 4, I think it was either Rocky 4 or Rocky 3, where he was like ultra ripped and 
lean. You, you yeah. sort of look through the movies and then that one came out and you're like, holy shit, like this muscly guy is really fucking muscly now. And everyone's muscly in action movies now. Like it's, it's not special anymore. No, uh, that's true. Even like Chris Pratt gets muscly yeah. for action movies now. It's, 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 too, it's too much competition now for us. Like we've just got no hope, man. Mm. It's not fair. Mm. <laughs> nah, well, we never had much to begin <laughs> with. <laughs> But this is where Homer does his trick with the can on his belly. Like I was saying, it's it's gross, but it's actually pretty impressive, if you ask me. Well, the muscle control required for that would be pretty impressive to isolate the top part of the belly. Look, I'm sure I'm sure there's some over. guy out in the middle of Australia at some sort of dingy pub that can do this trick. I'm certain of it. Oh, geez, right in. Send a video. Oh, if seriously, if you can do this, we have to see it. What's the most creative way you've seen somebody crush a can? Between forearm and bicep. I've sort seen that like as well. It's pretty awesome. Creating a triangle and just pulling forward. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. But anyway, so they keep watching the Big Bane movie. Would this be your favorite Big Bane? Because it's just so ridiculous. Uh, Actually, I do like the... Mendoza! That's breaking out of the ice sculpture. Yeah, that's pretty iconic. And that's pretty brutal, that one too. Where you see people get shot in the actual head. Uh, yes, you do. Yeah. The actual cartoon head. Yes. Uh, but yeah, just the fact that the eye sculpture is so skinny and then these giant fucking arms that are like just come crushing out of it. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Marge walks in and says it's time for the uh, the church picnic. Oh, she, before that, she makes a joke about breakneck speed. I didn't quite get why Bart said, Mom, someone just died. Like, it was actually pretty funny. It was a funny joke. Oh, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, she finally gets it and then he turns on her. Yeah. Uh, and also because all of those action movies have some sort of callous one-liner is the other way you could look at it like no bat no good guy has ever felt remorse in an action movie no. for killing someone that's why the austin it's powers bit so great the oh when he just keeps going on and on no no where the, not a situation where, that you'd want to lose your head no no where he calls his family oh yeah he's like yeah it's like, it's like, it's like, to smitty. It's like yeah <laughs> how good is it <laughs> uh so we get to the church picnic i love the, the little sort of like tongue-in-cheek rivalry between the mafia and the police here yeah, like, like the, the, the jokes on you. Yeah. just shot your own mustard. But just the the laugh from the uh, from the from the mafia first, sort of like when someone throws a, a a snowball at somebody, or whatever. It's like it's just like a little joke. It's not serious, even though it's actually firing a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then Homer, I, I don't. I, this little thing, it shouldn't have bothered me, but Homer not knowing who the Reverend is just seemed a little silly to me. I hate it when they just pretend like Homer doesn't I... know people. I took it as he just hadn't even looked at him. Okay, you can see it like, that way. Yeah, okay. He was just so so focused on the food that at that moment, he he hadn't... It was just a blob to his left that was making noise. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Mr. Burns is also at the picnic flying a kite majestically. Uh, and, then Ralph, <laughs> and then Ralph tags him and he regrets that instantly, doesn't he? Uh, that was... Okay, that nearly made it in my favourite moments as well. Just that, hmm... We'll see about that. You're, After him, Smithers. You're not it. <laughs> then we get one of the most, I don't know. It's one of those moments at school where you really dread when you're the one being picked. So capture the flag, captain choice. When two kids are at the yep. front, you're on the line. And when it comes down to like two or three people and you're still on the line, it's gut-wrenching when you're a child. Yeah. Yeah, that is a really dark moment. I... um. I was fortunate enough that I was always like a solid middle of the road picky. Like I um, wasn't bad enough to be left to the last dregs. I would very rarely go first. If it was a game of cricket and the two or three kids at school that were really good at cricket weren't there, then I might go in the top four. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> top four. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, it was. It, but even then, like. I'd like to think that, you know, even Patrick Dangerfield or something when he was at Oberon would have still had those moments where, oh, he was probably always picking the team. Never mind that. But, like, just I'd like to think that someone who's an absolute prodigy still gets that feeling of, oh, I hope I get picked. I only ever got to being in the final two once. I remember it. I remember I got picked second last because I don't think I could handle, I don't think 10-year-old or 8-year-old Dana could handle being picked last because you just, that kid, (laughs) the kid's face was always just like he knew that he was only on the team yeah. because there was no one else to choose. <laughs> the other thing that starts to happen, though, is if you are getting picked that late, you start really looking at the kids that have gone before you and then starting to try to work out which team do I want to go to. Like, it, it almost becomes like you're a free agent and you're choosing between <laughs> two different clubs. Yeah. You're like, all right, who's got the best prospects here? Jeez, <laughs> I hope I get picked by them. And lunchtime footy or lunchtime cricket, it's so important. 
Like it, it, what 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 happens during lunchtime during the cricket game or the footy game? That's what all the kids talk about for the rest of the day. Like if you do a good ball yeah. or you kick a good goal, you're the you're the king for the rest of the afternoon at school. Yeah, the, the slate gets wiped very clean. It's um it's a good good uh, breeding ground actually for real life sports talk. You're only as good as your last lunch break, lunch break. <laughs> That's true. Okay, Dad. They've got a flag guarded pretty good. I agree. Let's surrender. No, wait. I have a plan, but I'll need your underpants. Mm, all right, but don't lose them. They're my only pair. I got it! I got the flag! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Stupid kids. This isn't the flag. It looks more like... Ew! <laughs> Suckers. Go, Dad! Now, Homer's and Bart's plan here is actually pretty genius. Like, it almost pans out. Like, if, it, if, Homer, is, if Homer was fit, it would have worked. It is genius, apart from the fact that he runs past all the kids who are guarding the flag and not one of them turns around to go, hang on, the flag's still here. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. But, but I guess in the, in the excitement, in the moment, you know, the decoy worked. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, you kind of ruined it. I guess it makes sense. They probably should have looked, but but, it but, can they, but they're kids. Was, they're kids. I was reading like this stuff can work in real arts of war. Like I was reading a story about Napoleon who captured a bridge without firing a shot. Well, firing a shot. I don't even know if Napoleon operated with guns, but anyway, something in that era. So what had happened was um, there's this bridge they needed. They were com- they were cr- severely undermanned. They didn't want to take it head on. Plus, I think the bridge was actually wired to explode. It was one of those strategic things where they're like, if we lose the bridge, we blow the bridge. So, a couple sergeants, uh, soldiers just came out in a forward party and acting real casually, like smoking, just having a chat, walked up to the security and just waved them off. They're like, no, 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 there's a ceasefire. It's like the war's over. Um, and had their, in- had their troop come behind them just like, weapons thrown over their shoulders not look menacing at all and just convinced everyone they're like no like what are you doing like don't don't get angry like it's it's fine we're not like it's over we just we've we've got to get to the town um and then once they were over the other side in a nice safe spot just swung around on them all and went haha bridge is ours that's genius Mm. also ballsy oh so ballsy but like imagine the thrill of knowing it's it's working Oh, like, yeah, you've got to get two real good actors to keep a straight face. <laughs> no, no, you don't no, want to be like, got away with no, it. it's a ceasefire. It's a ceasefire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like we said, Homer, he completely gasses out. And what they do here is they actually make the viewer feel sorry for Homer. Because the kids are quite cruel, mm. egging him and whatnot. Like, Homer actually doesn't do anything wrong in this episode. The kids, the kids embarrass him, and in turn, that's what embarrasses Bart. And Homer's just yep. ashamed that he embarrasses him. Like, Homer... I guess it's his fault that he's out of shape, but really, he it was cruel what the kids did. It was, yes. Uh, kind of funny can, at the same time. You can understand why Bart was embarrassed, though. But, st- um, but still, Bart sh- probably yeah. should have stood up for his dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he probably... Sh- well, well, I mean, how much standing up can you do when 20 people are throwing eggs? If someone's egging your dad, surely you step in and go, boys, calm down, calm down. <laughs> just, just after I've thrown two or three. Yes. Uh, we come back and Homer is vowing to get into shape this is good here that Marge laughs at him because it's playing up the fact that he's sort of done it in the past and he's failed and yeah. it's just Marge is sort of, it's sort of, she's sort of like the uh, the common viewer going oh yeah sure Homer like you can do that again yeah sure yeah. she doesn't believe I'll start him. taking it all your slacks yeah it's realistic <laughs> that she wouldn't believe him uh, yeah. so then he sneaks out at night time and we get the great animation of him moving the stomach down so we can see the clock great I, I, I just I love it where you think he's gone for a big run and he ends up at Flanders' house. <laughs> Flanders' house, <laughs> panting it on the ground. Oh, man. Then, um, can can Jet drag you around the house? Is he strong enough to do I that? I doubt it. I doubt any dog could actually... I don't think Murphy could drag you either, man. Indy can and has. 
dragged you if by I, what? Yeah. Um, a tug of war rope. So if I give her oh, a okay. tug of yeah, war yeah, rope fair, yeah, and yeah. lay down, yeah, as long as I'm wearing relatively smooth, like cotton clothes or something, so it, and nothing with logos, so it doesn't grip, um, she will just keep tugging and has moved me. I reckon her best effort was, I don't know, I want to say four meters up the house. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, like, and uh, sliding across and the floor I, is different. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was going to say I quit before she did. <laughs> she was not going to stop, and, and then I was like, "Okay, this has gone on it's too long." My shoulders are getting <laughs> my shoulders are getting sore because this is very violent pulling motion. Uh, Homer realizes well. He, he fails once. He almost gives up. Sees the photo of Bart. Realizes that he has to keep going, and that's that's I really like that. It's a nice touch that he hmm. he really believes in himself. He, he can do this. Uh, so he goes to the quickie mart. Hmm? <clears throat> so what will it be, Mr. Simpson? Your usual bucket of ice cream covered with miniature pies? Uh, don't you have anything healthy here? Oh, well, we do have some low-salt candy bars and some reduced fat soda. And our beef jerky is now nearly rectum-free. Hey, these power sauce bars look pretty healthy. Oh, yes, that is a new item. No bar contains more applesauce. Mmm. A bushel of apples packed in each bar, plus the secret ingredient that unleashes the awesome power of apples. Wow! Now, have you? That was another question I think that Nick Barbaro sent in, one of the patrons. Have you bought into any power source bars? Like, have you specifically got anything? I know we talked about celebrity ones before, but have you? Um, have you sort of like bought something where you eat it and you all of a sudden feel like you can look in the mirror and look buffer just by eating that bar? <laughs> no, absolutely <laughs> not. Um, like, you know, I, I use protein shakes, but that's mostly for recovery. Uh, like I do feel like I pull up better after a workout. Um, and it's not like I've never eaten one of those bars, but mostly that's because sometimes you want a snack and I'm like, well, if the choice is between a Mars bar and this, it's probably better if I take this. Yeah. A lot of the protein stuff's actually really high in fat. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah, you've, you've still got it. You don't grab it blindly. You've still got to read the label and see what sort of nutritional content you're putting into yourself. Yeah. Homer gets to the guy and he sees uh, Randy Wolfcastle here. How awesome would it be to rock up at a gym and just see a a local, not a a local celebrity, just a celebrity in general, just working out. Yeah. If I could um, steal a joke from Greg Fleet from mm. a few years ago, or um, not even steal it, just like Greg had this joke about signing up for a gym and seeing Chris Judd there. And I was like, how amazing is that? Like, you know, if you go to a gym and Chris Judd there, that's that, and Chris Judd's there, that's like, you know, going to a dealer and seeing Ben Cousins. You're like, this guy's good. <laughs> that's actually a pretty good joke. Uh, yeah. International listeners have no idea what's going on, but that's really funny. Google, Google Google Ben him. Cousins, everybody. Ben Cousins, AFL yep. footballer, and you'll get that joke. Oh, oh, feeling this? Oh, Ooh, my head's gonna be sore in the morning. Oh, excuse me, you're doing this station or backwards? Let me show you how to do it like a man. Rainier Wolf Castle. Oh, I love your movies and your power sauce bars and your taut ripple. Hey, hey, hey! That's enough. Now step over to the abdominator, and I will shout slogans at you. Push harder. Go past the max. Reach over the top. Master your ass. Eight weeks later, Homer is now really in shape, and like you said at the start of the uh, of the podcast, that it's good that they didn't draw him completely ripped. It was just his arms and upper body, basically. He's still yeah. got the belly, and like, the kids. He doesn't suddenly look like the an American gladiator. Yeah, or exactly. Like and the, the the family's impressed, but they still like you know pull his fat and it's true though like look how ripped I am not, not, not that bit not, 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 not that foot <laughs> yeah not that foot that was hilarious <laughs> just do my biceps and he lifts up Bart and like, Homer's in like genuinely good shape here yeah he has really made a good effort <laughs> yeah like it takes a degree of strength let's assume Bart weighs 50 kilos oh, at least yeah 40 yeah 40 50 kilos something like that that's a fair effort to hook onto your arm and just bring up um, and, and this is the only aspect of the episode where Homer's a little bit uh, mean, I guess, where he starts judging everyone for their food. But this is what happens when people start getting into shape. They start judging, oh, not everyone, but a lot of people, they start judging A lot others. of people will. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was going to say that. A, a lot of people will. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you, you were that person three months ago. Don't judge them for eating yeah. that food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Um, the, as I said, not many. Crossfitters mostly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's just 
uh, and, and there's a couple of people at work that have now gone vegan and now they judge me for eating meat. I'm like, you were running the work barbecue last year. The don't yeah, judge me. You were me. <laughs> I was once like you. Your father works in an abattoir. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I only eat food in bar form. When you concentrate food, you unleash its awesome power, I'm told. That's why I'm compressing five pounds of spaghetti into one handy mouth-sized bar. Hmm. Hospital, please. So back at the gym, and Wolfcastle has offered the, uh, the power source gig, but he wants no part of it at all. So they see uh, potential in Homer once Bart brings it up. Uh, and it's, it makes sense, the everyman, as opposed to the, the celebrity. I mean, the celebrity would have got people's attention, but the fact that just an yeah. average dude can do it, that's just like, oh, I wonder if this guy can actually make this happen. Yeah, that's some solid marketing. Yeah. Like if, if, if they were able to pull off something like that, that's, that's pretty excellent. Yeah. And then we get the great moment with the, the three mountains. And, and as we said, it, was, it just, they gave Homer a good motive because Bart's there and he's scared. He doesn't want to do this, but he doesn't want to let his son down again. Yeah. That reveal was one of my favorite moments when I was younger. I, I really kind of uh, like the the episode has a few things that stood out massively in my head, and the reveal was one of them. The f- the first um, reveal's funny, and the second one's even funnier. Yeah, uh, and it does look like scary ass mountain. Like <laughs> shout purple. out to the animators. <laughs> yeah, uh, shout out to the animators to making it count. Yes, yeah, with the clouds and whatnot. Yeah, it looks great. So we come back, and Grandpa's telling the story of how McAllister fucked him over when really. It was the uh, the other way around, and as we find out later. Yes, yep, yep. Um, it's, but really, he's just scared that Homer's going to find out his dirty secret. We get sponsored, by the way, by the Butter Baby Flapjack Company. Just as a little side note. Okay, is this the press conference you mean? No, Grandpa's story. Oh, is it? Oh, when does he say yeah, that? So, so Grand, uh, when he's so it was the winter of the winter of twenty eight. The Butter Baby Flapjack Company sponsored me and a fellow named ah, McAllister. Okay, yep, fair enough. Yep, it was just a nice little bit of um. Symmetry in the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're at the uh, the current time uh, press conference, and Marge is uh she's she's concerned about this, as you would be. Your husband, who has no experience doing this, is now sort of being sucked into doing it. And while she could probably admire his motives, he really shouldn't be doing this. It's not safe at all. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Like that, it's uh, it's pure insanity. Yeah, and um, but and they got the Sherpas there to try and keep him alive. <laughs> And the Sherpas are doing what I like to call the um, backyard blitz, uh, where like it, it's like a TV show, reality sort of renovation show, where what you see on camera is the three or four people on the show doing the work. Who do hardly and anything. Then, yeah, exactly. And then when the camera's off, there's 40 professionals that just come running in from everywhere. I remember when, like years and years and years ago, when that show was on, it was, uh, it was Ground Force, I think the one my mum used to watch. Oh, yeah. Channel 7 equivalent. And she'd be like, I can't believe all those people... I, I can't believe only those people can get all that work done. Like, surely if we get in the backyard... Aww. I'm like, Mum, Mum. Mrs. Dando. <laughs> She's just, she gets sucked in so much with those reality shows. Like, she just <laughs> she just thinks they're real. <laughs> well, it's in the title, Dando. It's reality TV. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so the show was there to keep Homer alive. And I kind of didn't like that Bart was happy for Homer to just risk his life. Like, he knew Homer was doing it for him. Like, you're doing this mm. just for me? Good, go. You know, like, you probably should have said, <laughs> yeah. uh, you don't have to, Dad. I, I do appreciate the fact that you're trying to impress me, but yeah. you impress me enough. But it's that little, I mean, it's that element of... The 10-year-old kid, he's Bart. It, it does fit Bart's yeah. character, I guess. Yeah. Uh, can I just point out a little bit of trivia about the Sherpas and the mm-hmm. translations? Did you... Oh, yeah, they made an effort to get actual... Yeah, yeah. like they made an effort to make sure the translations were real. But in doing so, they contacted, I can't remember what it was, but they contacted people who had, I think, made a documentary or what must have been a, a, a really realistic take on it that included Sherpas. And they're like, who'd you guys get to um, do the translations? And their response was, oh, I can't believe you guys are going to so much effort. We just made it up. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't hear that. The Simpsons is known for that, though. They really, they do care. Yeah. Would you call like is that ahead of their time? Because I feel like now a lot of shows would make the extra effort. Um, a lot, yeah, a lot would now. Like, um, a lot of shows take pride in that sort of Easter yeah. egg type stuff, yeah. being really realistic. Uh, I think it was a precursor into what ended up happening with Pixar of like you mm-hmm. know the amount of effort that they would do to uh, get a story right for sure. Yeah, 
I think The Simpsons was one of the first shows that really had that Easter egg aspect to it, don't you reckon? I don't know the history enough to say. It's certainly the first one that I was aware of. Let's go with that. Yeah, okay. I think Seinfeld had a few, but not, not, not to, the, to the, the level of The Simpsons. No. So we get the oxygen reveal, as we discussed, and the family are all watching from the roof. Bart, this climb is the most difficult ordeal I have ever faced. Don't get discouraged, Dad. Only four vertical miles to go. And then we get the Sherpas and Homer at night time, and we get the reveal about how they're actually dragging him up the mountain. Yeah, which, um, again, I mean, it makes sense. Yes. <laughs> like he's not getting up there on his no, own. No, that was never going to happen. And Power Source don't give a shit if it happens for real. They just need him to get up there. Yeah. Um, and Homer wakes up fresh <laughs> like he has no idea. Wake up, you lazy Sherpas. We've got a mountain to climb. Then we get the uh, the power source news break, which is just fantastic. You know what I love the most about this? Not even the dialogue. It's the fact that their backdrop doesn't fit the screen. Yeah. <laughs> you can see the doors behind it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I hadn't actually noticed that. That's, uh, that's, that's really cool. This power sauce news break is brought to you by Power Sauce. Get sauced with power sauce. Neil? Our top story. Homer Simpson has just power sauced his way past the halfway point of the murder horn. Brad, could Homer have made it this far without the engineered nutrition of six kinds of apples? No way, Neil. Oh, this just in. Power sauce is amazing. Homer is then getting dragged up once again to the point where his pants come off and he finally wakes up and realizes that they're actually dragging him up the hill. And a very... This was a, a a change where I didn't... When I was first watching it, I expected Homer to just not be worried about it and be happy with them to drag him up because he's lazy. But he's actually like, mm. no, I'm doing this for my son. I'm going to do it the right way. Fuck off. I don't want any help. Season 9, Homer doesn't normally act like that. Yeah, you're right. And I think that is possibly another reason that this feels like it could be an episode that fits earlier. It, it's a lot of the emotional decisions and a lot of the character decisions like have... Makes sense. They make sense, but they've got. Um, I don't want to always use the same word, like but they've heart. got heart. Yeah, yeah, behind the motivation. Yeah. yeah, but it's great though when he calls up the guys up, Power Source guys, and tells them that he's kicked the Sherpas away. You'll never make yeah. it. <laughs> 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 and the reveal: What are they made out of? Like apple cores and um, the Chinese newspapers. <laughs> the family is really concerned. Um, I think Marge says something that the Sherpas they'll still help you whatever look out the window the Sherpas are hitchhiking (laughs) hitchhiking to Nepal (laughs) what I love the most about that is someone happens to be going that way yes (laughs) Homer is now given it a fair crack like he's really really trying he was never going to actually do it but at least he's trying and we have the uh, the fantasy like the dream sequence which was really well done that's Mm. something the Simpsons always do well is the dream sequences yeah um, did they play the same music as the Land of Chocolate? No, I was, was got here. It's very much like the Land of Chocolate. It's not the same, but it's very much similar. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we realise that he's actually going down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, there was, you know, there's a small detail in the animation there that I really liked. That the goat. No, it was the cut on his foot that somehow that small trickle of blood on his foot made that feel more violent than if he had been completely broken and battered and bruised. That's it's true. Just like, it's just like it's all the way down to his feet. Yeah, that's true. We're so used to seeing him get abused and battered on his upper body. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was going to say that the goat here takes the walkie-talkie, which is just a passing thing. But at the end, we learn that he's got no form of communication. Yeah, that's that's uh, very true. It's... um, uh, where are, What is that? What's that thing? Chekhov's gun? It's Chekhov's goat. If you're going to introduce a goat to the story, make sure it pays off in the third act. <laughs> like Jurassic Park, yeah? Exactly like Jurassic Park, except that pays off a little bit earlier. In the, in the second act, yeah. yeah. Uh, Homer thinks he's at the top, uh, realizes he's actually nowhere near it. Uh, and, and this is a really nice touch where he just puts the flag in. It's the highest point. Actually, I think it's a little bit later on where he puts that, the flag. That comes a little yeah, bit later. Yeah, so he goes yeah. into cave first, finds McAllister, reads the diary. Last entry. I have mountaineered to the utmost, but the peak is unclimbable. Worse still, that treacherous skunk Abe Simpson stole my oxygen and tried to eat my left arm. Good, Dad. 
Tell my beloved wife my last thoughts were of her, blinding and torturing Abe Simpson. Cheerio. It's something where I'm not sure, as a character, like, he can come back from that. <laughs> like, he's just learned well, that his dad's a cannibal. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, yeah, true. That'd be difficult um, to reconcile that. It'd be like finding out that your dad... Um, Jeez, I don't know. What would it be like finding out? I don't out? know. It's, It'd be like finding out that your dad used to be a cannibal. <laughs> but then we get, we get the moment that I mentioned with putting the flag in. It's just a nice touch. Like It's the furthest a Simpsons ever going to get. Yeah. And, and cha- yeah. changes the flag from Power Source to Simpson. It was uh, That was great. Yeah. And it's also a, um, a, like, there's a nice little bit of workout kind of inspiration in that, that it's not always about being the strongest or getting to the top. It's about getting to as far as you can go. Exactly. And you know what also made that moment was the music cue, like you mentioned at the start. The score was fantastic in this. Yeah, it was. It really, really expertly judged, good timing, good pacing. All of it was a yeah. very nice episode. So, as a result of putting the flag in, the flagpole, the mountain collapses. And yep. he's done it. He's reached the top. Although, yep. te- although technically, McAllister was the first person to reach the top, but no one knows McAllister's there. Yeah, it wasn't the top when, when McAllister got there. No, it wasn't, so, no. So, no, bad wasn't. luck. Yes. Uh, and this is fantastic Brendan Fraser so Lisa's like oh come in dad uh, I'm pretty sure he's dead little girl have a power source bar <laughs> you know what's great about that he hasn't bothered to learn her name um, have, well has he even met her though oh he would have had to have met her at the press conference but, or something I guess she's not that yeah. important to the story but no. the family aren't actually in this like Mar- oh, Marge is in it a little bit but Lisa's not in it all that often I guess yeah they're not in it for much Homer's then flying down and it looks like he's genuinely fell well, watching this for the first time, you're like, he's boned. You know, how's he going to come out of this? Yeah, it does. Yeah. But um, it's a very, another good reveal of it being McAllister's body that he's turned into a, a sled. Yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Someone tried to eat him. The teeth go into the thing. You know, Here's the thing. Here's what I think happened. And then just bails. <laughs> 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 uh, Bart is very proud of Homer for all the effort that he did. Um, tells him to look up at the flag, but there's no flag on there. It's just a pole. Homer's pissed off, but like Bart says, you're like, you you did this. You're the coolest dad ever. Mm. It was a really, really nice ending. And we get, I like that we ended on a joke. Is that your wallet? Yeah, that's true. And a, a, like a decent button joke too. It's not a lame yeah. joke. It's it's one that you might be able to see coming, but it's also good. It's simple, but yeah, it really works. And I think I think we have to commend uh, Swartzwalder for this. He is, a, he is fucking one of the greatest Simpsons writers, if not the best of all time. Like, I, I didn't know it was a sports sort of one until after I watched it and after I started taking some notes. But I just find that the ones that we always really, really enjoy tend to often be a sports water. water based. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the One of the writer's brothers, I forget which writer, um, actually got them out of the episode with the idea of him having you plant the flag and the mountain collapse. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah. They were sort of, they'd written themselves into a hole. Yeah. He was just chatting, going, geez, I don't know what we're going to do here. And the guy's just like, I'll just have the mountain fall down. And it's, it's absurd. Genius. It works. Yeah, it, I think because so much of the episode had been realistic up to that point, you let that slide. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. What did we learn, Palmer? So, what did you learn from the episode, bitch? Uh, I learned that you can achieve anything when you put your mind and power source to it. I learned that Chinese newspapers are a good source of protein. Yes, um, and presumably low fat, the Chinese newspaper. Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh! Alrighty, are we going to uh, get into some mailbag questions this week, Mitch? What do you got for uh, me? I believe that we should get into some mailbag questions. Um, just bear with me one it's second. Usually what we do here at the end of the, uh, the episode. As I open it up. Oh, actually, before a question, um, Henrik Winterland sent through a little tidbit of information off the back of the Trash of the Titans review. So, okay. we um, got massively caught up in the logistics of how do you move a town. Um. He sent through a article from the New York Times, How Do You Move a City? Just ask Karuna in Sweden. The Swedish town is currently in the process of literally moving a couple miles down the road due to being too close to a mine that could cause large parts of the town to collapse. Really? Yeah. So, there you go. So, but like, when you say move the town, like just move the buildings, right? Or are they just going to rebuild down the road? Um, I don't know. I didn't push on with reading the article. But the point is, there's a town that had to move in real life. That's it's. I I hope they film it because I'm really intrigued on how they're going to do this. Hmm. Um, Guy Incognito, also not a question, but he's written in saying, "Hey, fellows, 
uh, fellas, not fellows, but I wouldn't mind it if someone said, hey, fellows, this, uh, sure, this is the, surely this has been brought to your attention. I don't think it has. But anyway, in our latest episode where Dando mused on the Simpsons babies concept, Tapped Out released their update. The plot, Simpsons babies. I knew, I knew they listened. I knew it. Yeah. Where's our royalties? So, where are our royalties? Where is... Well, what else? What's Simpsons going to do next? You is write a, you write a Simpsons-based, uh, Jurassic Park-based Treehouse of Horror. What happens? Treehouse of Horror, Jurassic Park the next year. Treehouse of Horror. Yeah, I know. Which I don't care. I just wanted the credit. <laughs> Different story. By the way, I think yours is better. Uh, well, thank you. I haven't. I didn't watch. I think. The, I the think one that was. So, that, I think that one there, out of all the three you wrote, was kind of like a joint effort. I think I came up with the name, the slight basis, and you just ran with <laughs> I it. Think, I think I came up with the name, and you wrote everything else. No, no, they kept <laughs> so, the name and like the, the slight basis where we we with a clone spider pig, and you just ran with that idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. No, I just in my own head, I just was amusing myself with the way that sentence started. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with it. It was a joint effort in the same way that Goodwill Hunting was a joint effort. <laughs> uh, Will Manthorpe. Uh, greetings, Mitch and Dando. I've been listening to your podcast for the last several months and you guys have been doing an absolutely cracking job. Right now, I'm about to complete my master's degree in history at the University of Exeter. Wow. Alongside this, I have... Actually, like, Will, write back in two years and let us know if you've actually got a job that has anything to do with your degree. I'd be curious. Uh, Alongside this, I've also have to work every weekend in order to pay the rent. So, my life over the last year has been quite intense, not to mention exhausting. But virtually every day, I listen to your podcast. I haven't been listening in order. I just go for whatever takes my fancy that day. The way you guys conduct is always 100%. He's obviously listened to our orchestra podcast. And I like how you two give consistent anecdotes and hearing general updates about your lives. Thank you very much. Every commute I make, whether to the university or work, I usually have an episode playing and it's always something that brightens my day. Thanks, Will. If you ever find yourself in... uh, uh, Will, yep. Um, no actual question in that, but sometimes I just like to read an email that sounds like it's a live read for our own show. <laughs> was it Will Manthorpe? Was that the? Yes, it was. Yes, he's a he's a patron of ours. I do like. Yeah. Uh, I do like very good. Name. I think we when we read out his name, we said it sounds like a Pokemon or a supervillain. Ah, yeah, okay. Um, that does sound like the Manthorpe. <laughs> Rowan Pemberton writes in with a subject line saying "question," and then his first sentence says, "Hey, Mitch and Dando, not actually a question." So. <laughs> I'm going to stop reading that, Rowan. Now, Rowan uh, had an idea about Sims, like a second Simpsons movie and playing when we were talking about having it be set in the real world, he actually thought it'd be cool to kind of do a mix of have it live action, but the actors walk through like this magic screen and become 2D and then have the plot be that that screen breaks. So, you get these actors that are stuck in the world of the Simpsons. That'd be cool. So, yeah. So, mm. that, so it just looks like the Simpsons. Yeah. 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 yeah, so like ninety percent of it would just, or or maybe seventy percent or whatever, would look like The Simpsons, but there'd be this external plot going on set in the real world. I could I could buy into that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's, it's, it's it's completely absurd, but hey, who gives a shit? It would make for a good movie, I reckon. Yeah, now definitely as a as a uh, concept, I really like it. I really hope for the second film they fix the mistake from the first one and bring back Albert Brooks. Well, no, Scorpio. but they had Albert Books. No, 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 no. You don't, you don't want Hank? No, it's too obvious. And they've already got like, they've already had so many Hank jokes. Like, I, I want them, I don't want them to do something that I don't like. And I also think that the way that argument gets framed is disrespectful to the way Hank played Russ Cargill. Um, How Albert played him. <laughs> so, uh, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. The way Albert, <laughs> that's what I meant to say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think they need to go back to the well on that one. Uh, Jonathan Bampton, here's a question. This will end the mailbag. Who would win a race for mayor in Geelong, Quimby or Sideshow Bob? Sideshow Bob, 120%. Uh, yeah, because people of Geelong vote for... F- Geelong is Springfield. Geelong is Springfield. Um, yeah, people for Geelong don't often vote based on policy or political acumen. They tend to vote based on who has the craziest hair in that election cycle. And saying that, the current, uh, uh, who, who's the current mayor? The one that got put in after they asked... Do we have one? What? <laughs> we do, we, well, we have a current mayor, but they've ruined our city, man. It took me like, I know this is a local reference, it took me like 15 minutes to get from Mercer Street to Yarra Street. It's just yeah, insanity. The, the, okay. 
and and I don't want to drag the podcast down into this either. But uh, that's nothing to do with the design. So Geelong got this thing called a green spine. They started planting a whole shitload of trees and stuff like that. And it's fuck traffic. But that aspect of it isn't what fuck traffic because there was only ever one lane in that street. What fucked it is that they put that in and then they changed all of the timings of the traffic lights around it. That bit of it, absolute stupidity. No, no, but what the thing is, you can't turn left now. Like, there's no left turning lane. That's what fucked it up, man. They got rid of the left turn lane. Yeah. So now, now if you want to go straight, you've got to wait for the traffic to clear. No, so the person. That never yes. was a left turn lane. It was a bike lane that you weren't supposed to turn left from. I know that because I nearly failed my driving lesson by doing it. And the instructor went, you're just lucky that there wasn't a bike that came up. Otherwise, I would have had to fail you. I don't know, man. I find I'm No, 100%. Sure. People have been making illegal left-hand turns in Geelong for years. Local listeners, right problems. in. Local listeners, right in. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was a left turn lane there. It was not a turn lane. It was a bike lane. Was there a right turn lane? No. You never used to have to wait for the people going straight to be able to turn. No, that's because now they've put... This is going on longer than it should. This is the worst <laughs> podcast ever. <laughs> Alrighty. Thank you for listening to our review of King of the Hill. Local listeners right in. Who's right? Mitch or Dando. Uh, hope you enjoyed the review. Thanks to everyone who has signed up to Patreon in the past week. Mitch, any final words for the listeners? The reason you didn't used to have to wait for them is because the, the lights just went like normal lights. You'd get a... Each side would get an arrow for two seconds and the other side would get to go. Now what they've done is go, you get an arrow and you get to go straight and then you stop. And then the other bit of oncoming traffic gets their own turn to go. So there's no free-flowing sense to it whatsoever. It's absolute horseshit, but it is nothing to do with the green spine. Wrong! Shh.